Welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Late Night Bites podcast with Oris, where we talk tech, gaming, and everything in between. I'm your host, James. And today we have a surprise guest. Uh, I actually didn't know if we were going to get him or not, but I'm surprised we did. Uh, He's without a doubt one of the best pro players in the fighting game community. He's currently, I believe, number five in the Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships uh, USA East. Uh, Steve Lord Knight. Steve, how you doing, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So um, for kind of our audience out there, we have like a wide range of audience from, um, you know, uh, PC builders, tech enthusiasts, all the way to people who don't know about tech and just are in it for gaming. Can you tell our audience just like a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, a little bit about your background? Um, Okay, so my name is Steve. Uh, My tag is Lord Knight. I'm a fighting game player that's sponsored by Beast Coast. Uh, I've been playing fighting games for more than 10 years competitively at this point. And uh, right now I'm competing in Dragon Ball Fighters. As you mentioned, uh, right now there is an invitational going on in the most competitive Dragon Ball region so far. Uh, so in the U.S. East right now, I am tied right now. I'm fifth because I'm tied with somebody who beat me, technically. So, uh, Yeah, I've seen yeah. your matches. It's... Uh, it's crazy, man. There's so many talented players. Uh, again, uh, I know we mentioned this, you know, kind of off recording, but uh, I'm everyone who knows me at Oris, uh, just like all of our loyal fans, they know every time, every chance I get to play on stream for them, I'm always playing Dragon Ball. That game is like so fun. Uh, it's my very first fighting game. And actually, I think it's a lot of people's very first fighting game. You know, I, I kind of want to talk about just the fighting game community as a whole, sometimes people think it's a little bit daunting to get into that community because uh, while it may be a smaller community compared to, let's say, like CSGO, League of Legends, Dota, um, it's a very tight-knit community. You know, everyone knows everyone and the love and support in that community is like hardcore. Dragon Ball Fighters, eh, and this is kind of like my opinion, but I think Dragon Ball Fighters is like that perfect sweet spot for, uh, I guess, a non-fighting game player to get into fighting games. I feel like they make it so easy. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I think that was definitely one of their goals because they're using such a beloved IP, right? Like, everybody loves Dragon Ball. It's not like... Uh, like, the people who made the game, like Arxis, like, they have their own franchises that exist already. Uh, and they do fine. But uh, for a game, like, with that's, like, so classic, basically, like Dragon Ball, they had to have this kind of compromise of like being easy to get into but hard to master uh, i think dragon ball did a pretty good job at it to be honest like a lot of people who i've talked to about the game are like oh this is my first fighting game and like i really enjoy it and it's it's honestly good to hear uh, and like there's no i don't feel like there's uh like a gate into joining the fgc really it's just like you you play a game that you like like dragon ball and then uh, you play online some and like that's a good start right there yeah, and I feel like okay, I feel like when I when I first started playing cuz I started playing when it first launched in 2018, I think January 2018. Yeah. Um yeah, so I started playing when it first launched. I had no idea what I was doing. I was a, I was a square square xx uh whatever it is on keyboard <laughs> uh button masher. Uh but <laughs> once you start getting into, you know, the B&Bs, you know, the the regular stuff, you kind of start to realize okay, this is actually kind of fun, you know? It takes a little bit more hand coordination. uh, But once you get it down, 
I cannot tell you the the feeling of landing just a, a generic combo at first is it's kind of like a milestone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it just and people me forget? Or? People yeah. forget too. People forget because I, so from my perspective, I remember when the game was coming out and everyone was like, "These combos are way too easy. There's no cool combos in this game." And then like, I'm like, "Dude, first of all, you're forgetting that there are going to be a lot of new people who've never played, and they're going to be like, oh my god, I can do this combo finally.' Yeah, it's like you forgot how that felt, I guess." And then second of all, of course, as we all found, there are ridiculous combos in that game anyway. Yeah. It just takes a while. <laughs> yeah, you, oh my god. Uh, the amount of people that go into practice mode and lab these like characters, I have no idea how these guys' minds work. Like, I'm afraid to meet them in person just to like see their personality. These combos <laughs> are like, how do you even think of these? And I feel like it's like that for a lot of other fighting games, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is Dragon Ball Fighters compared to, let's say, uh, like a lot of traditional fighting games like Smash Brothers, um, Street Fighter? How does how do that how does Dragon Ball stack up to those? Because I feel like those combos, while they may not be as I guess technical as Dragon Ball, they're also very hard to execute. Uh, I've also, you know, played uh, Smash Brothers just kind of not competitively, but I've played, you know, it enough to know that the combos in there, I don't know if it's just me, but the combos in there are really hard to land, even though they're mm-hmm. very simple combos, you know. Mm-hmm. You actually picked like basically the perfect spread of games, like fighting games, technically, like you went from like Smash to like Dragon Ball to like Street Fighter, right? They're three really different types of games. Yeah. So like Street Fighter the emphasis is not so much on combos really like you're not going to get big hits all the time in street fighter most most of the time like if i was like hey i'm gonna teach you street fighter combo right now it might take you as long as it would take to learn how to do a quarter circle right yes button fireball button fireball boom you got a combo it's two hits but you're good you can like play the game yeah Uh, in dragon ball you cannot play the game with something like that you need to learn a combo like you need to know the buttons and to jump and to launch into that combo that you learned two years ago right yeah exactly then in smash the problem is the hits you get don't necessarily always go into combos all the time so like you have to either have someone tell you these are the hits that go into the combo at whatever percent or you have to just play a lot and you just kind of figure it out over time. Yeah, because uh, I remember when I was, you know, uh, learning Smash, it was just like you said, oh, if they're, this is a combo specifically, if they're at like 0 to 10%. Here's another combo if they're from 10 to 20%. It's like, oh, man, yeah, I have to learn heavy, a different... <laughs> if they're light, like on Bowser, you can do this. And then yeah. like Pikachu, you do this. Yeah, it's like and that. But I, the combos are really short, though, so it's okay. Yeah, it. I feel like that's... I think where a lot of the average people get a little bit scared when it comes to entering the fighting game community and correct me if I'm wrong here, but do you think that what it takes to, I guess, play a fighting game or at least uh, be a fighting game player takes a little bit more work than let's say like a league of legends player, Dota player, uh, CSGO player, not downplaying the games at all. Those games mm-hmm. require a lot of effort. And again, a lot of technical knowledge as well. But I feel like if you're working across games, like for, again, from Smash Brothers to Street Fighter to Dragon Ball to, you know, uh, let's say Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, there's a lot of different frame data. There's a lot of different move sets you have to know. So if you do play competitively and you want to do and go into different titles, I feel like the knowledge that you have to know is so much more. 
That's uh. So I I actually like okay. I've I've wanted to make. I don't know if any like super pro league players listen to this, but if you want to like be my friend and talk about this, because I think about this all the time. I'm like, what is it really like? Not not like reading an article online about like, oh, we followed this guy. He told us about his average day. Like, yeah, like, for real. I think about that actually quite a bit. But I don't think like, oh, these games are easier. I'm just like, what do they do? Or like, what is like, what would they say from playing like CS:GO for instance, or playing League for instance? Like, what is the hard things for them? Because I feel like over time, because uh, I have played a, a various different titles in fighting games, like competed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, take for instance what you said. Like, we have this spread of like Smash, Dragon Ball, and uh, Street Fighter, right? Yeah. So, generally, Street Fighter players only complete in Street Fighter. So, even if like, like take take you know like Daigo Umehara, right? Yeah. For yes. So while he's competed in a ton of games, like the main games he's known for is Street Fighter Three, Street Fighter Four, and Street Fighter Five. So it's Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. So even though they changed the game, it's still Street Fighter at its core. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or in Smash, like Smash is basically split between like melee and then like Smash Ultimate uh, brawl or something four like that. Five. Oh, brawl, okay. uh, brawl four and five. Like the people who are good in Brawl were also good in four or are also good in uh, Ultimate. I called it Smash Five. What's wrong with me? Oh, Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then even in my case, like Dra- Dragon Ball is like a diff- it's made by Arxis, but it's like a different type of game. Like even in my case, it's like. Like I played a lot of air dashing games. So once once I moved from Melty Blue to Blaze Blue, it's like Blaze Blue is similar to Persona, it's similar to Guilty Gear. Uh, and then Dragon Ball has some similarities with those games, which is why I was able to transfer the skill. I but, see. Uh, but over time, like it's a lot of transferring skills, I feel like, for the most part. So like uh or another example is Punk, right? Like Punk, you know, from Street Fighter Four, and he's a top player in Street Fighter Five as well. So yeah. same time. So even though you have to learn like new frame data and like all this new stuff, you're still you still have your base, the your core. baseline, yeah, that you core. learn. Yes, so you course. can you can raise that over time uh, as you play different games. But I'm, I've always been fascinated about like because because I used to read articles about like say how uh, like for example, one example is like how in some games people think you can't play past the age of like 26 or something like you could just be. <laughs> to play like fps or something or yeah. like reading about certain teams practice how they practice like 18 hours a day it's impossible to play a fighting game for 18 like legitimately practice a fighting game for 18 hours and have yeah. that like do something like you you have to once you get past the initial time investment of a game so like when dragon ball came out for instance i kind of was playing like 18 hours a day like just, yeah. a biggest amount but like these days like uh, my practice sessions of actually playing the game uh, at my home, for instance, uh, is maybe like only three or four hours. I spend a lot more time like re- like studying the game, like footage, or like uh, uh, practicing in the training room than okay. like actually fighting people. Uh, if we have like an offline session, then it that could just be however long, but also we're like hanging out during it. So it's not like we're playing the entire time for like eight hours or whatever. Yeah. If we're there for eight hours and maybe I'm playing for four to five, you know, and then the rest is like hanging out or taking breaks. Yeah. Actually, what you just said, funny enough, was one of like something I also wanted to talk to you about a little bit later, but I, I guess I'll just bring it up now because uh, we're already on the topic. But uh, you said something along the lines of, you know, uh, you know, some people think, okay, past the age of X, you know, Y or Z, 
you know, you should kind of stop playing professionally. Do you think there's a specific time for, uh, and this just goes for all pro players, pro, all pro esports players, not just the FGC in general, but do you think that there's like a time when a player should retire? Because uh, I feel like, um, and I, I come from, uh, FGC is very new to me. You know, I've only been in, in it for a couple of years, but I come from the League of Legends community. Um, and I've seen players from that community retire at the age of like, let's say 24, 25. Um, but I feel like their life, I guess the career lifespan of performing professionally is a lot longer or can be potentially a lot longer than let's say traditional sports like basketball, baseball, football, where it's a, I guess it's more of a physical limitation, uh, but mm-hmm. do you think there's like a time when you think a pro player should retire? Uh, it's 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 a really hard question. I think. I mean, I I had the same thoughts basically when, I mean, like I want to feel like almost like Evo twenty eleven or something. Like okay. I was like, man, like you know. According according to just things I've read, because you're right, I've I've read that about other games like League, but I think in a case like League, and this is of course being an outside, you know, look, an outsider looking in. Yeah, uh, I've never even played the game like legit. I don't I don't know anything about the game really. Of course. My play. So like my perception of, from just seeing stuff is that like a lot of the people that make it to like the end and become professional players, they start relatively young. Um, it's extremely competitive. You have to put in a ridiculous amount of time into the game, like almost unreasonable amount of time into the game. So if you're doing that starting like age 17, you get picked up age 18 in like five, six years of doing like, you know, 10 hour a day sessions. It sounds pretty. Yeah. It's very taxing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a team game too. And the games take a long time on top. The games take 40 minutes or so. Right. So like Dragon Ball, we say Dragon Ball takes a long time uh, in in FGC. So like, like a long, a long tournament set of Dragon Ball could take twenty, like a two-one. That's like close. Could take like twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen five, sets. Like year takes twenty minutes. Yeah, first sets, five takes twenty minutes. That's yeah. the difference. I feel like um, sets in like fighting games. So, I've seen last like you know forty, fifty minutes, especially in like the the grand finals. Um, mm-hmm, but they they mm-hmm. actually take a long time. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so I feel like, you know. For those type of games, it makes sense for like, especially especially because the games are like the mainstream esport. Basically, if you use League as an example, yeah. like you you get all that at those accolades, you you build your brand, you become like really popular and stuff. And you're like 25 or so, you make like a decent to like good money, and you're like, you know, I'm 25 now. I could do a bunch of stuff. I could become a YouTuber if I want. I could become a Twitch streamer if I like. So all this stuff I can do now. Yeah have to do this thing where i'm like burning myself away potentially uh, uh essentially in fgc nobody knows the answer right now uh a lot of the very famous fgc players range from like t- age 20 or 18 uh, let's let's say 18 because what was eight uh, no what was 19 so let's go 19 to like 40 like sako's in his 40s the jp oh, player sure. okay the, like, by hori yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember having conversations with Japanese players in my, like, when I was, like, 25. I'm 31 right now. Uh, I remember being, like, 24 or so. And they're like, you're so good for your age. Like, the same things people would say about, like, a 16-year-old who's crazy in CSGO. Like, you're yeah. so good for age. 
I'm like 24. Like, dude, you're a ridiculous player for your age. I'm like, what? It's like, uh, from their perspective, apparently, like, there's always going to be young talent, but uh, uh, they're like, a lot of their top super famous players are all in their 30s. Like, Kaz, Kasunoko, I shouldn't just say Kaz, assuming everyone knows. Kasunoko, the original Ball Fighters world champion is like 33. Goichi's like early 30s also. He's a couple years older than me. Probably Tachikawa. Is he in his 30s? Tachikawa's in his 20s, I think. Oh, he's in his 20s? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, try- not trying to be stereotypical here because I'm Asian yeah, too, yeah. but you can never tell the age with uh with Asians. Yeah, that's they, that's you know, People are definitely look- surprised here when they heard that Goichi's like in his 30s. Yeah, they look like-, like they're like mid-20s and they're like, oh yeah, I'm 35. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, yeah. what the heck? A lot of the a lot of the top Japanese Street Fighter players too. So like Daigo's in like is almost forty. Sako's in his forties. Like there, these guys are all like in their thirties playing um, SF still. So we don't really have an answer, especially when it comes to like being a full time player. Like of course, if you you're just like playing for fun, then you know your priorities might change. You're not gonna play as much. But as far as like I'm still competing, you know. Like nobody yeah. really knows the answer in FGC. So I mean, while we're on the talk of like, uh, I guess uh, being a professional esports player, uh, you see a lot of I guess pro players grinding. I'd say what like minimum like ten plus hours into the game. You know, sometimes even more than that. Um, is there more to practice to make it as a pro player, or do you believe that practice seems to be the only way? You know, in in terms of like raw talent, um, that's the only way to make it as a pro player. Um, it depends. This will, this okay. So I think I'm gonna. So I I think personally, in fighting games, you can't just play the games to be good. You need to like understanding it. You need to like study the games. Mm-hmm. And like part of my practice time is studying the game. It's not like I don't just play the game. Like, I don't just, like, go to matchmaking and just pre- play, play, play. Like, I spend time on, like, there's, there's a there's training room, right? There's training room. So, like, I, like, figure out situations. I, I figure out what the characters can do in depth and come up with, like, specific responses and stuff. Mm-hmm. That helps me out. Uh, but I also feel like, it, like, a game like Dragon Ball, for instance, they made this game for people who don't want to study the game. Specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like it, it, it sounds bad, but... <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I mean, speaking from... Again, speaking from someone that, you know, Dragon Ball is my very first fighting game. Um, and it's kind of the only fighting game I play now. I played it for two years. I just now hit... Oh, not just now, but like a, a week or two weeks ago, I hit Super Saiyan Blue Evolve, which is, I guess, for like the League players, for the Dota players out there, I'd say... I don't know. Is that like Plat? plat like oh, low diamond like if you compare what? scale scaling is there because in league there's a thing where it's like you're basically there's a there's a rank that's like your top player right yeah so, so in league there's uh iron bronze silver gold plat diamond uh they have uh master and they have challenger challenger mm-hmm. is where you would see their i guess not pro team but I, they call it academy team it's like the mm-hmm. the amateurs, amateur league. Um, but they're, you know, good enough to be drafted into the pros. Um, so if we were comparing, like, you know, because after Super Saiyan Blue Evolve, we have God of Destruction. Then we have yeah. Ultra Instinct and Angel. But yeah. I know the scaling on that is like from, 
you know, uh, I guess the early stages of when you rank up, it's so super mm-hmm. easy. Um, super easy. But then, then once you get the POD, it takes a while. It takes a while. Yeah, um, that, that's my rank right now. I stopped, I stopped playing right that God of Destruction because I was like, I can't do this to myself anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> oh my God. Like, in League, it's like real. Like, they're trying to get that rank, but like... The thing, the thing that have that that's bad about Dragon Ball ranked is like, basically none of the professional players have a, like a truly high rank. Like the, I think the person, the people who have the highest ranks that are also like well known players are like Cloud, but he literally does it for the content. Cloud eight hundred five. Yeah. And then Hook, but he kind of also does it for the. He's n- neither of them are trying to do it because they're trying to show like they're like they're the best. It's it, only that. that yeah. Yeah, it's that they're the best. Content. Like, they're good. It's just for content. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, even me playing ranked was for content too for a while. I, but after a while, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to talk. Well, I'll talk about this more later. But yeah, I've seen your your YouTube. Well, I watch all your YouTube content. Not to sound kind of weird, but I watch it because I Thank also want to learn and and grow at the game that I love so much. Uh, and I feel like your content's a lot different. Oh. I won't even say a lot mm-hmm. different. It's like the only content I can find where it's uh, very unique to, uh, I guess, improving your your play style, uh, improving you know how to react to different situations, why certain characters are good, why certain characters uh, you know are a certain way, uh, and I, that's the reason why I love your content. But I want to talk about that a little more later. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I kind of to to finish out things here, um, just like a fun little topic, and I don't know if this is just me, but do you know why, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but do you know why it seems like fight the fighting game community is like very hardcore, or at least it's like very centrally based, at least here in the US. It's very mm-hmm. based like in the East Coast. I don't, <laughs> I haven't really seen like a lot of the, it's I guess a lot of the YouTubers Coast. I watch, a lot of like the casters, they all come from like the East Coast. Is that, is that just me or? It's just you. Oh, okay, okay. So it, there is. It's it, it split. I mean, I, no, saying it's split is wrong. There are multiple strong regions of fighting game in in the U.S. at least. Uh, there are multiple regions that are like pretty active, and then it kind of depends on the game too. So, okay, like yeah, if you live sense. in the East Coast, like the Northeast U.S., like I do, then you can probably find people to play any game with you. But like, as long as you live in like Texas, Southeast, like Florida uh cali uh washington state midwest like you know like illinois those states yeah uh, yeah. you're you're in a pretty reliable area find like a large like a large community i see okay well that's good Uh, maybe just because i play online and then it's like every time i go to like the lobbies i go to west coast lobby and there's like two people there i go to east coast lobby and then it's like there's like tons of people there you play on pc right yeah i play on pc play on pc yeah the the pc lobby if you looked at the ps4 lobbies it would be first of all like east coast and west coast have like multiple servers instead of just one i see and i think on, on pc dragon ball at least i think everyone goes to east coast lobby just because like they're not even trying to play like ranked or whatever they're just trying to like like make rooms amongst each other and just play each other I see. And the game just puts you there by default. It just puts you in East Coast by default. So they just do that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe it's just all the people that I've talked to or I've met. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of the pro players, well, for people like, let's say, like, 
we had uh, Chris G on uh, our talk show or our gameplay show a little while back. Um, oh. But I know he's, you know, he's from uh, New York too. But I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of them migrate here uh, because a lot of the esports companies, like I guess, are from here, are from like that uh, uh, Cali or, uh, you know, NorCal, SoCal. Um, it's very prevalent over here, at least for the league scene, for like the Dota scenes. A lot of it's, you know, based here. Um, but okay, yeah, that, that's cool. That's something fun I, I wanted to ask you and get your opinion on. I I want to talk about another kind of uh, important part about being a pro player, and that's about uh, winning tournaments. Now, uh, I know winning tournaments is great. It's always great to make a name for yourself. But do you think that winning tournaments, uh, at least in the FGC, is essential to make, I guess, a living off of? Or do you think there's other avenues a pro player can do in the FGC to kind of supplement that uh, that cost? No, I'm on the team of uh this this has been a pretty common talk ish. Uh I'm I'm definitely on the team of like you if you're like a full-time player, you shouldn't make winning tournaments your priority as far as income specifically. Uh fighting in tournaments are open. They're totally open. There's not it's not like invitationals and stuff. Um and they are also since a lot of more modern games, they are worried about like how easy they are to get into. So they're this in turn makes like general traditional play styles either like not exist anymore because they don't think that new players will like like fighting against it or like watching it. So it's like you play Dragon Ball, right? So like the only zoner, like real zoner in the game that you can play right now is Z Broly. Yeah. Right? Broly. But if you look if you look at him compared to another like i want like like uh you probably haven't played this game but in, like blaze blue there's a character named uh rachel alucard mm-hmm. if that character was in dragon ball people would lose their minds because of how good her zoning is she to like wrap up what she does she can control the wind there's like a little meter on the bottom where it's like you can control the wind four times in any direction Oh, sure. And if okay. you combine it with her projectiles, you can make her projectiles do different stuff. She could set stuff on the ground, activate it later. It's all sorts of nonsense. So it's really hard to fight against. But once you learn how to fight it, it's fine. But like people are already complaining about Broly. Broly, of course, is really easy to learn how to do stuff. But like also the answers are like right in your face. Like you bank Super Dash. You use characters that could go through these things, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so between these things and like them adding certain mechanics to the game, like things to make comebacks easier and stuff like that, it, it makes honestly it makes the games more unstable. So one, the fact that you do see the same people basically do around the same all the time is kind of a miracle to me, to be honest. Yeah. It's a yeah. testament to their skill. But uh it also shows me that you should not unless you are definitely in that top like that top five, top ten players like of, a the, of the game, like your Goichis of the world and stuff, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't rely on just winning tournaments. Like you can meet me, for instance. Like I haven't really, I've only won a couple of events in this game, and not like big events, you know. Like normally, I'm getting like top eight, top sixteen at events. So you could meet me. You could be like, oh, oh, Steve, you don't win anything in this game, right? And I'd be like, yeah, but it's like this is. Again, it's all stuff I said before. It's a super competitive game. They did stuff to make it 
at least at the beginning, it was super unstable. Like you, you just didn't know if you're going to win or not. Yeah. Uh, so you have to shoot. You have to think about what you're going to do to like sustain yourself, basically. And the advantage you have as a professional player is like the time that you would be doing other stuff like working or studying or whatever for income. You could spend that time to do things to grow yourself invest in yourself and uh come up with different like income revenues basically okay yeah i think I mean, it's really really important if you're gonna play full-time and, and i also think a lot of well i i think because of covid like probably some teams are telling people to kind of change how they're thinking a little bit but in the fgc traditionally uh i don't see those like i don't see like well-known professional players do these things and then they kind of get seem to get upset when they read stuff about like people from other games getting like big contracts from teams and stuff but it's like that shouldn't be what we're focused on at all in yeah my no i, I yeah. got you i got you and i, I completely agree with that mm -hmm. um so you've been in the fgc for a while and you've um you know, you've played tournaments on all sorts of platforms in terms of like consoles. So like, you know, mm -hmm. of course, Smash is on uh, uh, Nintendo's platform. You have PS4 on Dragon mm -hmm. Ball uh, and PC. Uh, but mm -hmm. across like all of these platforms, which platform do you think is, I guess, the best? Uh, because to me, well, I mean, this may be biased because I work for a PC hardware company, but PC, of course, is without a doubt, they give you the best experience of playing the game, but not necessarily is the most accessible. And so therefore, mm -hmm. maybe the community is not as big on PC than, let's say, PS4. But I kind of want to get your thoughts on, I guess, if you had to, if you were getting into this and you had to start from scratch, uh, assuming all platforms were available, the game was available for all platforms, kind of like how Dragon Ball is. Which, uh, I guess, which would you go for? So the the meme answer is to just say that PC sucks and like <laughs> I don't want to play on PC, but it's actually not fair because uh, you, you're all right. PC is technically the best, but there's a bunch of issues with PC. Really? Uh, for fighting games, right? Uh, one, of course, is, as you said, the accessibility. So um, I know like traditionally, you know, when you talk about fighting games versus like tr more traditional esports, uh you know consoles are cheaper than pc like, yes straight up. so yeah. like uh a ps4 right now is probably like 200 bucks maybe maybe 300 bucks right yeah uh, a baseline gaming not even like a game because the nice thing about fighting games specifically is you don't need a quality gaming pc to play them uh so you don't have to spend like that much but you definitely have to spend more than you would for ps4 so price is one issue um yeah. Another issue is actually how the games are made. So one thing, and this is thing I think that people don't talk about, like the so Dragon Ball has a little bit of delay built into the game, right? Yeah. And then there's also the PS4 has a little bit of delay built into the PS4 for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right? But the PC version doesn't have the additional delay that the PS4 version does. Okay. So. But the people who make the game don't consider that at all. They just make the game on PS4. So there are, if you're playing on PC and you practice on PC, you're going to be playing and thinking, oh, I can deal with this, 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 and this. And then you go to a tournament that's on PS4, and all of a sudden you're getting hit by stuff you're used to not getting hit by. And you're talking about like, when you talk about delay, like it's like, phys like actual input delay, right? It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. 
Yeah. So uh, the main reason why people prefer playing Dragon Ball online on PC is because it doesn't have the PlayStation 4's native delay. It's like two frames. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can. Uh, I've never played on PS4, uh, Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Fires, but I always, I always wonder. I was like, man, why do people keep saying like Dragon Ball Fighter sucks online? Like my experiences have been. Of course, you have yeah. the, the typical bag of my experience online. Dude, it's so fun. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been playing this game for two yeah. years straight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a pretty. That's like a pretty big factor. Like a huge factor. So it, like I actually don't like practicing the game on pc like the dragon ball nationals on pc uh, i only practice on pc like maybe once a week and we, we even have this argument of like what's the real game basically for some of the arc system works games because if, if dragon ball was like a came out let's say like 2014 there'd be an arcade release as well so the arcade release would have even more delay than the ps4 version and they usually make the game based off the arcade version so we would just be like so what's the real game you know like the tournaments are going to be on PS4, but the Japanese tournaments are going to be on in the arcade, which arcade cabinets are basically just like bad computers. Oh, I see. I <laughs> basically, see. like super, like it's legit. They turned it into like just a box that has Windows and plays one game, which is oh. that game, which is it's kind of sick. Uh, and then they get the PC version. Yeah. Uh, so there's that issue. Uh, and then uh, even if even these things aside and everyone's like, everyone agrees that PC is the best. We should have tournaments on PC uh then from the running tournament perspective uh it's going to be pretty tough because they're the nice thing about consoles is that they're standardized out the box basically so like once everyone agrees like oh we're running tournaments on this console then everyone knows that that console is just going to run the same no matter what console it is so like ps4 it's a ps4 like we know like dad is ps4 pro whatever like it's a ps4 we know as opposed to like a PC where, at, I, I, and I'm not like a super PC expert, but uh, at least from hearing things that tournament organizers have said to me, is like, it's pretty hard to have like a standard PC and the tournaments are open. So if the tournaments were closed, this probably would not be an issue. Like if it was like Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships, but offline, they could theoretically run it on PC because they would just need one PC and we all play on that one PC. Yeah. But uh, at tournaments, they have, quite literally hundreds of consoles like hundreds of them because sometimes like dragon ball evo gets like two thousand entrants for instance oh dragon ball at ceo gets like a thousand entrants that it's like truly an open tournament so So they have hundreds of consoles to compensate uh to make sure they can run the tournament on time so uh, have you played on the new playstation 5 and if you have played that with dragon ball or I mean, if you've talked with anyone that played it, has played it recently uh, on the PS5, do you think that imp- do they think that input delay is gone, or do you think you can only notice with, I guess, like the pro players will really only notice because it's one of those things where, I guess, it, only it, pro it players can discern. On PC, on PC, I feel it immediately. I feel I feel the difference like immediately on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've heard really mixed things about dragon ball on ps5 and i don't have one because i don't i mean i mean i don't care to get one right now. yeah yeah there's no games that i want on it right now <laughs> yeah uh, so i've heard like mixed thing i i think probably for a little while because the same thing happened when ps4 came out when ps4 came out uh fighting games stayed I, at that time xbox 360 was considered the the console because uh street fighter 4 didn't lag on it or something something like that and that was like the main tournament game Okay. Um, but 
after around like a year and a half or so. Uh, you know what it was? It's Street Fighter Five came out, and Street Fighter Five was PS4 exclusive, and that's when uh, that's when everyone was like, "All right, it's time to switch to PS5, uh, PS4." Wow. So I think uh, similarly, like it's gonna be mostly PS4 until Street Fighter Six or whatever comes out on PS5, and then everyone will switch over. Okay. Okay. So I mean, that kind of answers my next question. I was gonna say, do you think, you know, do you think PC would ever have a chance of being like the standardized? you know, normal console in fighting games, but... Uh... I think there's a chance. I oh, think really? there's a chance, but, okay. like, I don't know if it's worth it for PC companies to pursue it. That's the only thing. Like, it's not like PC, like, it can't be done with PC, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think... And and it would be, like, beneficial to the fighting community as well. It's just, like, it's just about, like, ROI straight up at that point. Like, is it worth doing? Especially when, like, like, like me, I'm straight up a boomer. I was like talking about this the other day. I was like, it's just way easier to do this on a console. Yeah. If there was a PC that was like out of the box, just ready to play fighting games in this specific way, then I would probably get one. But uh, is it worth it for them compared to like people who want to, you know, like play games on PC legit and just play like mad games on PC? Like, aren't isn't that other person worth more than me who only plays fighting games technically? yeah true that's the only reason why i don't think it will happen like it could definitely it's definitely not about like hardware limitations or anything like that it's just like is it worth it for them to do yeah especially for tournament organizers yeah i i I totally get you um and i mean so this uh, something also i want to talk about is you know about tournaments is the whole covid situation so you of all people you know because you're you know currently competing in an online tournament a very big one at that too um so with covid of course we have to do online tournaments because there's there's just no way we can do offline tournaments right it's just not safe uh, and i feel like it's going to be this way for the next at least next year um you know we have uh, talks of vaccines and stuff but you know, by the time it's, I think, readily available for everyone, it's going to still take a little while. Um, so do you think having online tournaments, especially having one that's backed by, you know, the developers themselves, Arxis, Bandai Namco, um, do you think that online tournaments are sustainable in the fighting game community as a viable alternative in the future? Um, you know, and if so, do you think that tournament organizers will opt to do it this way? It does save a lot of cost on, you know, renting venues. You really only have to set up time, scheduling, uh, and stuff like that. But I don't know. What, what what do you think? Um, I think it'll probably stick around. Uh, so the nice thing about online tour- so, I mean, as, as far as, like, COVID in general, I think just the... Uh, landscape is going to change just forever basically like i don't think i don't think like let's say let's say we just all get a vaccine tomorrow right like i don't think everyone is going to run back to offline events like immediately just because of that yeah like, people even, are still going to play it safe you know you know yeah like a lot of the things about uh like the covid situation as it is right now and as we move into 2021 and on is going to be a lot about like how comfortable you feel doing things so, like, in, in, in my personal experience, like, you know, I do stuff. Like, I live in a state that's been doing pretty reasonably with it right now. So, uh, you know, we, we have, like, offline GAT practice sessions and stuff again in my region. Um, but 
other people might not necessarily be comfortable with that and it's fine. So that's why offline, I mean, sorry, online is a really good option. Another really good thing about online is that people who live in regions that don't have events at all or uh, events are too far for them to go to reasonably unless they're crazy like me, uh, like driving three hours for locals and stuff, uh, they have a chance to compete too and to start making a little name for themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, And as you said, it is pretty easy to run. Also, you just need... You don't need to like have a venue or anything to do it. So like I I sort of see. So actually, for instance, like there is a a venue uh, like we have like a like a esports cafe in Philly. There's one that they're sending emails like yeah we're gonna experiment with like socially distanced tournaments. We have like a really big venue and like we have all these codes that the city said we needed to clear and abide by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I going to the first one? No, partly because there's no Dragon Ball, but like yeah, I'm also a... I also just want to see what happens. <laughs> you... but I can go to like a third one. And, like, you don't want to be the the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I can I... go in a couple months, you know, and then like see how that goes. So yeah, I I, I see it being a combination, uh, and it's pretty important in fighting games too because um, as opposed to. Uh, and this, of course, again, my impressions because I don't play these games like games like CSGO, games like League, where like you're always playing online anyway. Uh, I'm going to guess that the it, online play is pretty good, right? So like yeah, if I yeah, need, no, the, it really the is. is generally not that great. So uh, like you have to, that's why all the tournaments are offline. Like you have to compete offline if you want to like, you know, prove yourself. Yeah, of uh, course. I think fighting yeah. games is, uh, or sorry, I think like FPS games because I also play like games like Valorant, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I've played FPS games, played mobile games, uh, and online is a lot more forgiving than the online in a fighting game. If you've never played a fighting game before and you played online and you play against someone who has sucky internet connection, I can tell you right now, it's not You're the right. business. It is not. The right. business. Yeah. Uh, it, it hurts. It hurts. It really hurts. does. It really does. <laughs> and. Uh, actually, that kind of brings me to my next point is in this like online competitive play where you have big names like, you know, Hook and God, Apology Man, you have the Kill Sage, um, you have Super Noon, you know, do you think that having an online tournament is, con- I guess, online having the comp- these national competitive tournaments online is considered, like, I guess, quote unquote, unfair because of like the, in- the unstable internet connection? Um, well, the thing, the really good thing about Bandai Namco and the organizers who are working with them is that they tried really, they are really doing their best to make this as good an event as possible. Uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships, it's called that, but like it's it's really Dragon Ball Fighters National Championships for Japan, Spain, and France, and then for US, for it's like it's like East Coast Championships and West and Coast. West Coast, yeah, exactly. They they pick the regions based on the regions performance in the previous year's world tour so these are the five regions that are the best quote unquote is that like a lazy way of putting it yeah like the best regions of the game essentially okay um and because it's regional uh it compensates kind of for the delay based netcode so like uh in our region outside of like one guy who lives in florida like everyone lives pretty close like a bunch of people all live in New York City. Yeah. And then like, you know, we're we're all like relatively maybe no more than like two hours away from each other, distance wise. 
uh west coast of course is norcal socal like stuff like that yeah so yeah. um it's not it's not it's not so bad when it's done like that that thing though cannot be done when it's an open tournament so like uh one, one thing that before the tournament actually started was that uh there was some controversy slash feedback of the why i was invited to play because i haven't played in any online tournament all year mm-hmm. so they were like why are you inviting him he doesn't compete in online tournaments but because the tournaments are open you have no way of knowing whether or not the connection is going to be good you have no way of knowing because they, they they say it's like region locked but at the start let's say they did like northeast tri-states so like new york state new jersey and pennsylvania but then like at this point it's like Canada also, and then all the way up to Maine, all the way down to Florida, and then like as far west, as far southwest as like Texas, I think. It was pretty, pretty big. Okay. Um, so I was just like, I don't really think I can compete to, I, I, I don't think, I don't want to think that it's the connection that's stopping me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, I'm just not going to compete, and I'm going to just work on my own game at my own time, at my own pace. Um, so people were talking about that because I think everyone in our region, for instance, the East coast region, half of it are people who've won large tournaments online. And then, um, the other three, so like, uh, no Kami hook and the kill stage. They've also won online tournaments as well. I see. I see. So I, I, and then, the, then there's me who has not entered. So yeah. they're just like, why, why did you invite this guy? <laughs> he doesn't compete. <laughs> then, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's that part. the The fact that it's closed and the way they went about it, they're really going out of their way to make sure it's a good experience for both the viewers and the players. Uh, and I think they they're doing a really good job, and I actually really appreciate them doing that. Yeah, I mean, from the viewer point, from I guess uh, viewers' point of view, um, it looks really fun. I'm watching daily. You know, I'm watching mm-hmm. U.S. West, East, um, even uh, you know Japan, Spain, uh, and I mean, everything seems uh, okay. To be honest, if you outside of like the, you know, the drop combos here and there, which I can only assume can be due to, you know, online, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's even then it's like very few, you know, um, I wouldn't be able to tell it was an, an online tournament. I think it's done mm-hmm. really well. Just like you said, <clears throat> Bandai Namco is doing very well. I didn't know that thing about, you know, it being, uh, quote unquote region locked, you know, um, but I guess that makes sense when you see like USA West, USA East, USA East and just Spain, not just USA France. in general. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good to know that this is a, a potential viable option because, um, you know, me being in, uh, I guess, relatively new to the fighting game community, I want, you know, I want it to be even more accessible to my friends because I want people, I want more people to play play with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just want people to experience that. And I feel like if there is just more accessibility, just in general, I know uh, you know online tournaments are specifically for like competitive players, but you know, I think it's a good step to take towards just again another step of being accessible uh, to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks you know so much for all that uh, esports talk. But now I kind of want to move over to something non esports related, and that's pretty much uh, your content. You know, you're a streamer, you're a Twitch streamer, you're a YouTube content creator, and you're a pro player. I can't imagine that's very easy to do all at once. I'm assuming you're juggling a lot. I, okay, I'm on 
you know, I'm working from home, so mm -hmm. I'm online. You know, I have YouTube opened up while I'm, you know, answering emails, doing whatever work, uh, etc. And I kid you not, I swear, every day I feel like it's a new video from you. And I was like, isn't this guy competing in a tournament right now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like with the Twitch streams, how do you even juggle all of that? And is it hard to do all three things at once, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think, I think I started the, cause I've been streaming for a long time, but, uh, I think it's only in the past, like couple years, I started just putting more time into it. Like last year, it was kind of hard to stream because, you know, we were on the world tour. So like, I would just be constantly away. Uh, they had like four tournaments per region. So it's like four EU tournaments, four tournaments in Southeast Asia, which I think I only went to one. And then like the four tournaments in North America. So I was like kind of traveling around a lot. Um, it's, I just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little older than like a bunch of the other Dragon Ball pros, you know, like I mentioned it before. So like, I, I remember having like a, you know, like, like a nice cozy kind of old school job before. So I kind of just treat the YouTube as like my actual work. I see. Like, okay. So like, so like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, it's time to do YouTube. And it takes like three hours or so to do that. And then, then streaming, I try not, to, I try to not to stream more than like four hours in a day on it. Like if I go over, I go over, uh, but I try not to stream more than like three or four hours in a session. So that's another like three, four hours. So then if you consider like your standard eight hour workday, you have an hour of lunch. So then I just had a workday. So I'm like, okay. Uh, and at the fighting game part is like no matter what I would be doing otherwise, I'd probably also be playing fighting games. So I always make time for it. So the only hard part about doing YouTube every day is is like because uh, I started that this year doing daily uploads. I think it's kind it's not totally necessary, but it's a pretty good and reliable way to grow on YouTube. It's just to be like consistent with content. If not, then you have to be like, I mean, I, I mean, you're a content manager, right? So yeah, you have to like really plan something good that's gonna hit. Yeah, and that's you what gotta I was gonna hit it every time. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It. Yeah, I mean, because your content is not. I understand if your content is like uh, clips from your stream, from your online matches, which I've seen a lot from, let's say, like Hook Gang God, or let's say, I think like Kill Sage, he does like offline you know, stuff with Sonic Fox or something like that. But, um, you know, I see it integrating into one single workflow. Okay, I stream online matches, that's cut up into clips, and then that's put on YouTube. And boom, that's a nice, simple yeah. workflow. But the kind of content you do for YouTube is, again, more of like the educational style, which is very beneficial to, you know, people like me. Um, but I can imagine it takes time to plan. Again, like you said, uh, I'm a content manager. I've done video production, social media. I I know what it takes to plan a YouTube uh, channel, and it's not easy. You know, you ha really have to think about this stuff, and then you have to plan it. Then you have to execute it. I don't know if you do your own editing or you have an editor, but if you do your own editing, that's a big thing. You know, mm -hmm. but that—that's why I was kind of curious to see, um, you know, how you know, and of course, you still have your whole professional career that you have to take your own time and again, like you said, study up the game practice situations, um, do what you need to do to make yourself a better professional player. Um, mm -hmm. So I was just kind of curious to see, you know, 
how it takes or what it takes to do all of that stuff because a lot of the pro players i see their content uh, again nothing not that there's anything wrong with that but a lot of their content yeah. is you know from their streams uh cut up and then put on youtube yeah um what well, what i learned especially this year uh i first of all i i definitely think it was good that i started uploading to youtube every day i think it definitely helped grow my youtube a lot this year uh like the year's not over and i I went from like 10k to like 25k and the year's not over yet. Which yeah, is your nice. growth is really good. Um, but that's mostly from just uploading almost every day. Sometimes I, I miss a day, but like it's almost every day. But uh, also by uploading so frequently, I've learned a lot of just about like how to plan, uh, what what's going to work, what's not going to work. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that on YouTube, you kind of have to like, I mean, I know everything, you know, in the online marketing space, everything's kickplate, blah, blah, blah. You're trying to provide value and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of, so like my challenge, one of the main challenges I have is when it comes to educational content is like, you really, this is a mistake a lot of tournament competitive players make, and that's why they fall off con making content so quickly. If you ask a competitive player what type of content would you want to see on YouTube, it's not what like a stamp, like a casual player or a new player wants to see. So the thought is that everyone only wants beginner content and no one cares about the game, but it's not true. It's just that people don't know what they need yet, really. So you have to like kind of walk them to the ideas that you want to share with them, which is hard to do. So of course you can't do that every day. So I, I mix in like my own matches, match analysis uh, on popular players like Goichi and Sonic and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I, the way I think of it in my head is like some things are low effort and there's some things that are high effort, but all of these things can add value. So things like uploading my matches, it's pretty low effort. Like I just play the game, I'd be playing the game anyway. And then either I just straight up post the clip from like my stream or whatever or i add like a little bit of commentary in the background yeah like true. Post match commentary in the background that's pretty low effort match analysis also pretty low effort i just mm -hmm. watch it i watch it on stream commentate. i commentate on it i put it in. it's pretty low effort right yeah. even though it's low effort for me though someone who plays a game every day studies the game for someone who's watching they will probably learn stuff from it because they won't they won't consider some things or they'll like, be like oh i never thought of it that way blah blah, blah. So yeah, I'm exactly. still providing value there. Um, things that are higher effort, or it's usually like the educational stuff or like how to beat characters, uh, things that like, things that I'm like, oh, people are missing this from their game and stuff. Those, those things take more effort. So I have to think about like, one, what's the thing? Two, how do I frame it in a way so that people don't overlook it? And three, like the actual execution of the video and editing the video and i know the beast coast editors if they listen to this they're gonna get tight because they're like you just sent to us but i'm lazy so yeah. i edit it on my own which doesn't make any sense but since i i don't i'm bad at recording multiple videos in one day that's that's the thing i'm really bad at uh and then so so like i just edit the video on my own so i can get it out that day um so you but that's basically it, the, the way i plan it so i i i'm mixing stuff that doesn't take along like it takes no thought to be like today i'm going to play matches and upload them right as opposed to like hmm what character do people really, really dislike and are they actually looking at this the right way and how do i explain this in a way to get people to think differently 
Yeah. So those videos only come out like two or three times a week, maybe. And then I sprinkle in with stuff that, that is, is the low easier effort. to plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. easier to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think your channel and I'd say Globku, uh, he is yeah. probably a really good, he's a, a, also a really good example of, I even watch, I mean, I, mean, I, I would say at this point, I'm like, uh, you know, seasoned to the game. So I don't really, a lot of his tough th- stuff doesn't really apply to me, but I even watch his videos sometimes just to like go back to the basics. Um, and he's, his channel is also a very good channel for beginners to kind of get started in the fighting game community, or at least with Dragon Ball for sure. Uh, and then I think your channel is very good for if you're like that intermediate to advanced player to really get new insight. Uh, on how to deal with certain characters that may people may think that they're broken, like Ultra Instinct Goku, or like you said, mm-hmm. Broly, Z Broly. Um, but um, yeah, so you're a you're you know you're a professional player, you're a content creator, streamer. One thing I do want to ask because I'm pretty sure this has crossed your mind, um, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. But in terms of like the YouTube channel, I would say what like. 85 90% of your content is Dragon Ball. Would you say that's like correct? Uh at the moment, yeah. At the moment. So yeah. do you ever feel and I've asked this with other people too, but do you other do you ever feel like it's a little scary to put all of your eggs in one basket or do you focus Dragon Ball because from a business perspective that game even though it's still a couple years old is still a very very popular game that people, you know, really want to watch, really want to know more about. Uh, what's kind of like your thought behind content diversity uh, and what, you know, what you, you want to upload? No, I'm definitely thinking about content diversity because I'm, it, from my perspective, I'm not a Dragon Ball player. I'm a fighting game player. So yeah, the main reason I'm uploading a lot of Dragon Ball stuff is, isn't, I mean, it is because it's Dragon Ball, but it's because it's what I'm playing right now. I see. Uh, so it's whatever's I was playing, relevant. Uh, yeah, it's basically what I'm playing. Whatever I'm playing, I'm going to upload. Uh, earlier this year, I was playing a lot of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, so I was uploading a, a lot of Grand Blue, uh, Grand Blue Versus stuff at the beginning of the year. Uh, and as the year went on, like my interest was so high, and I was kind of posting stuff, but uh, the the interest for the game dropped mm-hmm. from other people, so I just uploaded less just because I noticed the interest of the game went down. But I still like was trying to upload. Uh, and more recently, between uh, Guilty Gear Axe and Core getting rollback netcode and Guilty Gear Strive coming out next year, uh, with any, anytime there's Guilty Gear news, I, I uh, post about it. And uh, I've been slowly starting to post like Guilty Gear stuff to the channel because I'm at least going to try Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, I played Guilty Gear Exert, the previous version, for like five years or something, like a really long time. So uh, I have like a lot, a lot of a pretty good background on the game pretty good base of knowledge on the game. Uh, so I want to, you know, again, since I'm playing now Dragon Ball and Guilty Gear Axe Core for fun, I want to add Axe Core to the channel and then just get people used to being like, oh, it's like a general fighting game channel. Like, from yeah. my perspective, I just want, like, you know, like Maximilian? For yeah, instance? Maximilian, dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm trying to make my channel, like, the slightly more advanced version of Maximilian's channel, basically. I see. 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, his channel his channel does a very good uh, job of again like content diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch him in the beginning when he you know Dragon Ball first came out. He's doing a lot of content there, and then mm-hmm. he stopped doing it, and I stopped watching him. And then recently he started playing Dragon Ball again. I was like, oh hey look, he's back for Dragon Ball. Exactly. Yeah, and there's so. so many people in the scene who are like, yeah, I started playing fighting games because of Max, or I started playing fighting games because of like Wooly versus you know Wooly Wolves. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like people like that. So. My like my long term goal is to get the channel, the YouTube channel, to be like, like oh oh I got that's what you said right like you kind of outgrew the beginner content yeah. so like so when when that it. happens it's like my channel's there yeah exactly yeah that's, I think that's, that's a that's, good approach that is really a good approach because I feel like you don't really see uh, just like you said uh, a lot of people or I guess a lot of content creators feel like they want to see uh, new people want to see just uh, beginning content beginner content. <laughs> But it is easy to the issue too is like one it's, it's all you see succeed, uh, and two it's like that's technically the biggest audience. So like at least from analyzing fighting game content on my own, it's like a lot of beginner content or like uh, a lot of like I don't know how it's described, but like meme kind of entertaining me, entertaining me. That's not even a word. Entertainment <laughs> content. Like uh, there's a YouTube uploader. His name is I think show show me your moves, but it's with it's, it's spelled weird oh, okay and he, he has like a modded ver he's modded dragon ball in a way where he can make these skits and they're, oh, they're yeah, really yeah, funny. yeah they're really I've funny they're yeah, really i've seen funny. those i've seen those but people people think those are like the only two things you can do or upload tournaments and matches of course yeah but i just think like they're like if you're if we're gonna say like beginners are like 60 or 70 percent then like there's still like another 30 percent of players that are just kind of like chilling being like i there's so many tournament players and people who just start competing slash people who are like okay at the game like like your god of destruction rank people or your ultra instinct sign people who are like this comment this content is boring because like for lack of a better word, i've heard it so many times like this content for scrubs i don't like this it's just people saying stuff i already know like what's the point so like yeah. they don't have stuff so i'm like okay that's telling me basically that there's just a huge market of people who want to watch stuff about the game but there's nothing for them to watch yeah there literally is like there literally is nothing for intermediate to advanced players um you know i think maybe there's some some intermediate content out there but um definitely if you want to take your game to the next level and you're not a competitive player like me i love Mm -hmm. the game i'm very competitive in the game but i don't do i play competitively oh no no but i just love i just enjoy you know the game i enjoy improving my play and play style um Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's where a channel like yours really comes in handy so that's actually really cool um you know i think a lot of people hopefully you know you're you're onto something you're ahead of the curve (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean i think i think it's working like uh like I mean, if you check, if you like go back and dig in my, ch- that channel is really, it's pretty old and there's like almost a thousand videos on there, but like, oh, wow. all, but it's all, it's all like little clips of like, oh, this is a combo I came up with, or like, this is a mix up. Oh. It's like all like 10, 15 second clips. It's not like, this is how you learn how to do this, or this is, you know, like none yeah. of the stuff. I'm doing. Now, now it's a lot different. Yeah. And that's really, so that's, I mean, that's really good yeah. to see. Um, and you know, uh, if you guys are, if you guys do play any fighting games, definitely check out you know Lord Knight's channel. He is, again, I would say one of the more, te- uh, well, and again on YouTube, there's not really many, but uh, in terms of explaining things technically, um, it's re- it's a it's a refreshing pace uh, of content for sure. I kind of tired <laughs> of watching you know 
uh, <laughs> YouTubers are like, oh, you should definitely do this. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah. I, I remember too. I remember too, like constantly, like I'll watch, I'd watch something and like, they would just say something about the game. I'm like, bro, this is just wrong. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wrong. Like, I, I used to get like so mad about it. But uh, now, now I'm like, oh, I can like do something about that. Actually, I can't. I, instead of just sitting there getting mad, like I can just hopefully try to like. You can help someone. Perspectives, yeah, yeah, and that's I, and that's really good to hear. And I think the channel YouTube is also, uh, as a player, it's really important for like you know, building your brand and like, uh, providing value and showing that you can provide value. And it also makes it so that you are not too reliant on Twitch, which I'm trying to not be too reliant on twitch even yeah. though like i'm a partner uh so it gives you a nice like balance of like diversification you can like help people if you do something in an interesting way uh because you mentioned the time thing like i like i between like time and like stopping competing right like i never want to be a, a full-time twitch streamer ever 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 yeah never, i think ever, 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 uh a uh, content creator on youtube is a more stable uh <laughs> i guess profession but also it's it's, uh, the creative outlet is a lot nicer too you know mm -hmm. you don't feel like you have to put on you're like damn i gotta go live again you know yeah damn let yeah. me make myself look good really quick like let me get changed like i could just you know plan out content you know people will want to see this they'll watch this so and streaming is fun it's not like i don't like streaming like I, I've, I've come to like streaming over time mm -hmm. but i just can't i cannot see myself doing like eight nine hours a day five days a week of just like yeah i was sitting you really you know? gotta have like that passion for streaming if you want to yeah. do that eight hours a day that's yeah. a whole time yeah that's that's the, the whole reason i'm not burnt out on twitch is because i keep my time that like 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 most players I'm, I'm pretty sure other players a lot of the teams have said it like most players most professional players have like an amount of time they're supposed to stream you know yeah uh and like yeah we have that too it's, it's not like anything too crazy though but uh it's it's like as long as i keep it four days a week like three four hours a day like i'm cool like if i if, if i had to do like even like six hours a day like five times a week i'd be pretty tight I'm not gonna lie. yeah I'd be, I'd be pretty upset that's a lot of time <laughs> yeah no. yeah, yeah. I, I get you i get you um yeah, I mean, content creation in general is, again, just a lot safer route. It's, um, I feel like gives you more creative freedom. Uh, but streaming is also a, a good avenue too. Um, but, you know, you gotta, definitely got to have that passion for it. To me, seeing streaming, uh, looking at streaming, it's like, again, damn, you're like live for eight hours. That's like an eight-hour TV show, you know, and, yeah, you're the, and, and you're the main star. And it's you, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, you, you got to put you. on a show for people because let's be real. I mean, as much as people love to just watch good gameplay, they also like to see some kind of entertaining personality at some point, you know? But, yeah, yeah, that's why you got to mix it up. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, Steve, I really appreciate you coming on. We, I enjoyed this this episode so much. I think I enjoyed it so much. We're going a little bit over time. <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of one last thing I want to end off on, and this is more for you, but, you know, what's next for Lord Knight? You know, is there anything that the people, you know, you want to tell the people anything for them to look out for? um well for the next while it'll definitely be uh youtube plus twitch even though i said all that stuff about twitch <laughs> uh youtube plus twitch and competing still 
I did definitely say I was not playing online tournaments all year, but I'm in one right now, and it's really big. <laughs> so we're trying to do we're trying to do our best uh, with that. And 2021 is we'll see. You know, like uh, like I mentioned before, I since I've been like doing stuff, like I even, I I even traveled like in October. I like left the country for like a week. Oh wow! Okay. So like I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable doing things, like going to do stuff as mm-hmm. long as like. As long as like whoever is organizing it uh, follows whatever rules are in place and things are actually enforced, because that was the only thing that kind of bothered me when I was like abroad. Like I, I would see places where it's like they're open and then just like people are kind of just not doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess I'm not going there. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, of course. So I mean, it's definitely just more of that. Like if 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 something like this for Dragon Ball happens again next year um then like i'd be super glad to participate in it there's a new game coming out guilty your strives coming out next year uh so there's that to look forward to and even further beyond that is project l the the league fighting game oh yeah huh project l i totally forgot about that oh yes yeah that one is everyone's uh, next year about it people are super hyped up for that um Mm. and i am too you know so um that's awesome man we have a lot of stuff coming up in the fgc um and you know you guys want to see more content Uh, you guys want to know a little bit more about uh you know steve here then definitely follow his youtube channel give him a subscribe uh you know let him know that oris fans you know let him know in the comments that if you're from oris uh you know they're there so if you want to know a little bit more about fighting games um you know, especially if you play Dragon Ball right now, shoot. Well, you got to hit me up first because, damn, I got no one to play with, man. Everyone's, uh, <laughs> I outgrew everyone. But, uh, hey, maybe we can get you on our gameplay show sometime. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, a while back we had Chris G. He actually yeah. gave me uh, a personal lesson on stream. Uh, and that Ooh. was when I was, I want to say like Majin. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was like like two two years ago, one year I guess like a year, year and a half ago, but mm-hmm. I would love to have, uh, you know, you come on our gameplay show, Oris Plays, and, um, you know, give me a personal lesson and kind of see, you know, what, you know, what else there is I can learn, uh, and hopefully our viewers can get a benefit from that too. Okay, yeah, no, I'm down, I'm 100% yeah, down. I'm you know, and uh, I just want to test out my skills here. I want, I hope that my online matches are not for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put my skills to the test too. Now, I remember... Um, and I don't know if you ever get this, but uh, when you play really good players, like, you know, really good ones, like, I don't know if, like, the shaking is from excitement or what, but I remember when I was playing Christy, I was like, damn, my hands are shaking right now. Yeah, I'm, I hear that a lot from uh, from man. newer people when they're like, oh, this is my first time playing this guy or whatever. Yeah, like, I, yeah. In my case, I always get nervous all the it's time. Fun. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's yeah, fun. it's not a bad thing. You learn to control, you learn to, like, embrace the nerves. But yeah. when you're starting, you're like, oh my god, I'm so nervous. So you feel like it's something that's holding you back. But today's yeah. day, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, I'm shaking like it's time. Like I'm powered up. Yeah. Oh man. Play. Yeah. So your match is next Sunday, right? It's uh, or this Sunday, yeah, I mean. Today. It's it's in two days. Or I guess when this podcast goes live, it'll yeah. be the day it'll be after. The, the day after, Sunday. yeah. So this podcast will be going live uh, every Saturday. Or podcast guys goes live every Saturday. This one uh, is gonna go live tomorrow. But um, well, tomorrow as in today <laughs> uh every saturday night at 8 p.m you know if you guys get a chance uh check out lord knight on his uh on his matches tomorrow or 
yeah, tomorrow. Um, I think they stream it on the Bandai Namco YouTube channel. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, well they as... stream it on the Bandai Namco esports channel specifically because they mm -hmm. have an esports channel. Uh, and they and stream Twitch. it on Twitch on the official Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighters. channel. Yeah, so yeah. definitely check that out if you guys, you know, even if you're not into the game, you know, give them some love, give them some support. I guarantee you it's a game that you may not know what's going on, but my God, is it like flashy as hell. And it's it's an enjoyable game to watch, you know. Um, so definitely check him out. Uh, give him some love. Give him some support. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. Um, and you know, hopefully we can get you on for uh, you know one of our gameplay or talk shows later in the future. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me too. Of course. So with that being said, thank you so much for watching everyone or thank you so much for listening, everyone. Again, we have a, a new podcast episode every Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. You can find it right here on Spotify. Thanks so much for all the listeners and we will talk to you guys next time. Peace.